to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to City View Church Online, the perfect place for imperfect people. My name is Jared, and I just want to let you know I am not the lead pastor of this community. That would be my man, our man, Jeremiah Semler. If you're in your house, make some noise for Jeremiah. If you're in your car, make some noise for Jeremiah. But y'all are stuck with me today. But for those of you that are new, maybe it's your first time watching, I just want to let you know that um, we're just we're so excited that you're tuning in with us. And something that you'll learn um, if when you get to come meet with us in person is that I don't know where you are on your faith journey, uh, but you don't have to believe in order to belong. We just really believe and we value that this place, this space online and in person is a safe place to process who God is and specifically who Jesus is. So. Um, as we move forward, just here's some things that I got going on for you today. So the first thing is I'm going to read this text, this passage, and then I am going to pray. I'm going to tell a story and then we're going to get into it. So I'm so excited. I'm hoping that after this message, after you've tuned in, you're going to feel more encouraged, more built up, a little more pep in your step, and ultimately just a little less burden than when you first tuned in. So we are in uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 36, and it goes like this. And one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, Jesus, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. So right off the bat, you see this dinner happening. This woman enters in and things get awkward. We continue, verse 39. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. And Jesus goes on to tell this story. He says, a certain moneylender had two debtors. One owned him 500 denarii, or we'll just say dollars, and the other 50. When they both could not pay, he canceled the debt of them both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I supposed for whom he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus says to him, you have judged rightly. And then it says, turning toward the woman, he says to Simon, he says, do you see this woman, Simon? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with their hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet and you did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. And he's still talking to Simon, looking at this woman, says, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? And he says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What I'd like to talk to you about today, I'd like to title this message, Why You Might Be Struggling 
in your faith, why you might be struggling with your faith. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for these minutes and these moments that we have together. Lord, would you just show us, would you redirect us? Um, would you just show us how good you are, that we can put our trust in you, Lord? And I pray, Lord, that after this message, Lord, that we would be more burdened, less burden-free, and just, uh, just more joy um, after tuning into this message today. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Men, have you ever got turned around while driving? Have you ever been in a place where you just get turned around driving somewhere you don't know where you're going? So about 10 years ago, I am in downtown Phoenix. You're like, I already know where this is going. 10 years ago, I'm in downtown Phoenix. I'm leaving US Airways Center with a ton of my friends in the car and I leave our parking garage and I don't know what happened, but I got turned around. I, I started going down into these neighborhoods, this place, I had no idea where I was going and I find myself getting to the street and I have to go left or right and I'm asking my friends which way do I go which way do I go and they all go go left go left so I go left and I'm starting to travel down this road right and so I come through this first intersection and I see that on the street light there are covers over the street light I was like that's interesting like I guess this street lights you know out of order and so I I went through that street light and then as I'm driving, I come to a second intersection that also has the street lights blacked out. And I thought as I'm going through that, I'm like, man, that's weird. Two intersections in a row that are blacked out. And I looked back in my rear view mirror in the side, and I'm thinking, man, I thought I saw like a glare of red. You know, is this kind of like interesting to me? All of a sudden, then I get to the third intersection and I'm seeing it's blacked out as well and I'm driving through it and as I'm driving through it I look to the left and it is green going this way and my buddy goes Jared you just ran a red light and I'm like what red light it's like it's blacked out all of a sudden I realize I see the sign I'm going the wrong way on a one-way. I had been going the wrong way on a one-way. I blew through three intersections. Who knows how many of them are red? And I, I, everyone starts screaming at me, Jared, you almost killed us. I'm like, me? You told me to go left. This is on you. Thank God we didn't get hurt. I don't know how, I don't know. Thank God no other cars were going through those intersections when it was green. But I wonder in the same way, as I was going the wrong way on a one way. I wonder when it comes to our faith journey, somewhere along the way, we got turned around and we're going the wrong way on a one way. And here's, here's what I'd like, like you to know is that there's this guy, his name's Simon in this story. He's the Pharisee that we have read about. And imagine Simon, he, has, he is a Pharisee, which means he is part of the religious elite. He, has, he, he is a great rule follower. He knows the rules, the regulations, the traditions of the elders. He has worked so hard to really put himself in his mind in right standing with God. And, as, and if you can imagine, he probably also is involved in, in forcing some of these rules as well, calling people on, hey, you're, you're not even trying to get in good graces with God. You're not even trying to do these things. And, and everything's well inside 
Simon's world. He has built this amazing identity. He's a part of this religious elites. He feels like he's doing all these good things, achieving this good standing and righteousness with God. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes on the scene in his city. And and it's weird because the chatter is that some say he's a prophet. Some say that they've watched him heal people. And, And Simon, he probably goes out and all of a sudden Simon is now in this crowd as Jesus is speaking. And Jesus is talking about how people don't recognize the signs. He's saying, man, you accuse me of eating with these tax collectors, these gluttons, these less than people. And Simon in his world, he's like, if you are a prophet, why would you let yourself be around those kind of people, these these dirty people? They, They don't even try to be righteous. And so what does Simon do? Everything that Simon believes is in this box and Jesus comes on the scene and he, it's, just, it's just very confusing to him. So he invites Jesus over to dinner, not to get to know him, but to investigate him. And here's what's so incredible is Simon now in this story has God in the flesh, Jesus sitting right next to him. Yet Simon is missing out on everything that God wants to give him in these moments. Because the reality is, Simon had more faith in his own works than faith in the works Jesus was about to do for him. I'd like to talk to you today about why you might be struggling with your faith. And so here's what I want you to know. This is, this is paramount, you need to know this. Here's what you need to know. Faith isn't something you achieve or produce, it's something you receive. I'll say it again. Faith isn't something you achieve or produce. It's something you receive. Here's why I want you to know that. Because if you are to believe that faith is something you achieve or produce, you'll never know if you're doing enough and you'll never know if you have enough. You'll always be worried about how am I doing? How am I doing? Do I have enough? Am I doing enough? And even worse is you'll start to look down on others. And so faith isn't something you achieve or produce. It's something you receive. Could it be the reason why you're struggling in your faith is because you simply don't have the right view of it. And so in the same way that I was going the wrong way on a one way, I want to show you three observations, three mindsets Simon has, three things he believes that's that's taking him the wrong way on a one way, this, this way of following Jesus that just transforms the way you think. So here's three observations of why you might be struggling with your faith. So we open the story, Simon, he's having dinner over at his house with these other Pharisees. Now this is something that they, they did a lot because they would get together, debate theology, the interpretation of the law, talk about the commentaries, and they would often have it in a courtyard where people could see in on what's going on. Or as some say in antiquity, it would be a front like living room where there would be an open aired window where people could see in on what's going on. So they're having this meal, this, this dinner with Jesus. And all of a sudden, this woman of the city comes in, does these three incredible hospitable things, but things start to get awkward. 
The first observation is this in, in verse 39. He says, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, this woman coming down, crying on his feet, wiping his feet with her hair. She is kissing his feet. She is rubbing her feet with, with oil and ointment. And it says, he says to himself, Simon, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who's touching him, for she is a sinner. You see, one of the reasons why you might be struggling with your faith is because you started to believe faith is something you achieve or produce. And the reality is when you believe that faith is something you achieve or produce like Simon, you start to believe you need to clean yourself up before you can come to God. You see, Simon looks, he, he says it in his mind. He says, man, if, if this guy even knew this woman coming to just touching him, being around him, he would never let that happen. You, you see, he's like, he's like, she's dirty. He might be clean. If, she, if he lets her come to him, he, he's, she's, she's going to make him dirty. Or even worse, he, he, he's just, th this cannot happen. Maybe, maybe God, he's like, you're clean. Like you can't, you, this does not mesh. And so here's the reality is Simon believes that he needs to clean himself up before he comes to God. He thinks that faith, he thinks that righteousness is something he needs to do in order to come to God and be clean. You see, Simon thought, man, I need to make myself clean. Whereas the woman had more faith in receiving the righteousness and what Jesus could do for her to clean her. And it's interesting, Simon's understanding of righteousness causes him to move away from her, away from people like that, whereas the woman's understanding of righteousness causes her to move right to Jesus, right to Jesus. And so when we believe faith is something we achieve or produce, we start to think, I need to clean myself before I come to God. And here's what you end up doing, is you end up being heaven's goalie rather than heaven's doorman. You start to stand at the, those pearly gates and you decide who's in, who's out. You better clean yourself up more. You better do more and try harder. You are nasty. You better fix that sin problem before you, we, we want to be God's goalie rather than his doorman pointing them to Jesus. And here's what's amazing is this woman was outcasted from the very place and the very people whose message should have brought restoration. So here's the amazing thing, is Jesus does not say, clean yourself up, then come to me. He says, come to me and I'll make you clean. And so how do we view this part of this scripture in 2020? He says, Simon, I have something to say to you. And in the same way he goes, Jared, city view, I have something to say to you. Did you think you needed to clean yourself up? Did you think that faith was something that you achieved and produced before you come to me? No, you need to simply receive what I want to do for you. Receive, I will make you clean, says Jesus. You see, why you might be struggling in your faith is you begin to believe you need to clean yourself up before you can come to God. But Jesus says, no, come to me like this woman, I'll make you clean.
We see the second observation Jesus tells the story in, starting in verse 41. He says there's this money lender, he has two debtors, one owes him 500 bucks, another 50. He erases them both and he says, Simon, which one will love the, the money lender more? He says, obviously, it's got to be the one that owes more. And he says, you've judged rightly. And then in verse 44, he does something that he does not do. Jesus rarely turns his back on anyone, but now he has turned his back to Simon. He is looking at this woman while speaking to Simon. And he says, do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she's wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. And you didn't anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with the ointment. And so one of the reasons why you might be struggling in your faith journey is you thought faith is something you achieve or produce. And when you believe that, you start to see people for only what they do and you start assuming who they are. You see, Simon looks at this woman and he goes, oh, she is disgusting, she is gross. I've known what she has done. Simon's view of righteousness is so different. His view of faith is so warped and it's so wrong. You see, you start to assume people, when you think it's something you achieve or produce this faith journey, you start to look at people for what they do and assume who they are. And you know what this is? It's simply a projection of what Simon is, has going on on the inside. The reality is, if you are a person who shames people on the outside, the reality is, is that you are struggling with shame on the inside. If you are a person of anger who is punching holes through walls, you are always raging. Can, can I just let you know? that that is all a projection on all the, of all the anger going on inside of you. And so Simon's view of faith, his view of becoming right with God, is he thinks it's something he does. He, he achieves this thing. And so here's the thing about Simon. That means he's got bad weeks where he beats himself up. That means he's got good weeks where he's riding high and thinks he's amazing and then looks down on everyone. You see, Simon thinks, I do these things, therefore I am. So then he sees people like this woman and goes, you're dirty. You do these bad things. That must be who you are. But Jesus goes, don't you see her humanity? You see, Simon was so focused on who she had been, she, he couldn't see who she now was in the presence of Jesus. You see, not only was Simon being the goalie, he wanted to be the referee. Say, no, 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 this needs to get fixed. No, this is what you, the, you are bad here, so I'm going to kick you out of the game. But the reality is, whether you win or lose a game, you do not like refs. It's just a fact. I, there's games where my favorite team has won, and I was still mad at the refs because Simon was so focused on what she has done that she ha he cannot see who she now is. And Jesus is saying, Simon, do you see this woman? You didn't do any of these hospitable things because not only do you not see her, Simon, you don't see me because Simon was so busy looking at himself and all the good works he thought he was doing and filled with pride thinking he's achieved something. But can I tell you the truth? If you are a follower of Jesus, Jesus does not see you for who you were. He sees you for who you are in him. 
I'm going to say that again. Jesus does not see you for who you were if you've put your faith in him. He sees you for who you are in him. In city groups, we're talking about going through this book of Colossians. And in chapter three, it says this, it says that you, when you put your faith in Jesus, are hidden in Christ, which is to say, when God the Father looks at you, he sees you through the lens of his son. He sees Jesus's purity for you, Jesus's cleanliness for you, Jesus' righteousness for you. So he doesn't see you based on what you do. So stop trying to manage your behavior. He sees you for who you are. He says, you are my son, you are my daughter. And that begins to change you from the inside out. And last but not least, this is incredible. Verse 47, Simon is, Jesus is speaking to Simon while looking at this woman. And he says, Simon, essentially, therefore I tell you, he's still talking to Simon. Therefore I tell you, as he's looking at the woman, her sins, which are many are forgiven for she loved much. You see, this is so, this is incredible. You see, This is amazing. Simon in this moment must have been like, are you kidding me? She hasn't done anything to deserve this. What are you, what do you mean? Like, what, what are you talking about? Jesus saying, Simon, the reason why you haven't done any of these beautiful things she's done for me is because you don't love me. And the, re- and the reality is you don't love me, Simon, because you don't think you need forgiveness. Simon thinks he's crushing it. He thinks he's so good. He's, 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 on, he's just, just the master of faith. Like he's just so good that he's just, he can't even, he doesn't show these good, these good um, worship, this worship that this woman is showing because he doesn't even think he needs forgiveness. See, one of the reasons you might be struggling with your faith, on your faith journey, because you started to believe faith is something you achieve or produce. And when you believe that, you start to believe you need to do more and love more in order to be forgiven. But can I tell you something? If you believe you got to do more and love more in order to be forgiven, like if you read this story and think, oh, it's because this woman did X, Y, and Z, that's why she was forgiven. No, that's, that's not the cause at all. The reality is this, like if you believe you got to do more, love more, when, is an, when, when do you reach the more? When is it enough? When, when is it enough? When does that end? Remember, you're not the referee. You don't know what's, you you can't call what's right. You got to go to Jesus because Jesus doesn't say, if you love me, then I'll forgive you. He says, receive my forgiveness and that will produce love for me. How many times do we have just these shortcomings and we just go, man, if I can just get this thing under control, then I'll be in good graces with God. Man, if I can just really master this problem I'm having or trust more, or if I can just muster up more faith, then, then I'll be in good graces with God. But you got the wrong view of faith. And you'll start to think that that's exactly what the woman did. But here's the reality is that her love was the result not the cause of forgiveness. Remember, he says, therefore I tell you, her sins, are, which are many, are forgiven because she loved much. She had been forgiven, so she is loving much. 
You see, my belief on this story, now this is not in the scriptures, this is pure conjecture. My belief is that this woman had already experienced Jesus prior to this moment. Uh, my, my belief is that she had already experienced God's love, experienced who Jesus was. And then it says in this passage, it says she learned that he was at the Pharisee's house having dinner. And so it, it, we just see that this is almost the outpouring of worship from her previous experience. But what if this happened? This is pure just imagination. But what if she had this encounter with Jesus, but then goes back to her old life of sin? Some theologians think that this woman was a prostitute. What if she experienced Jesus, went back to that moment, back to her old life and was just struggling and learned he was at this dinner and just makes a beeline right, right for Jesus. Here's what's so incredible is that what does Jesus do? She reminds her who she already is. She is forgiven. Her love was the result, not the cause of forgiveness. First John 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. And that's our message, City View. That our message is, the message of Jesus is not, here are the good things you need to do to get to God. Our message is, here are the good things God has done to get to you. And so we come to the end of this story. We wonder, could it be the reasons I've been struggling with my faith? Could it be because I started to believe that I need to clean myself up before I come to God? But remember, Jesus says, come to me, I'll make you clean. He says in John 15, he says, already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Could it be you started to see people for what they do? You started to see yourself for what they do and you've assumed that's who you are. But can I remind you that Jesus doesn't see you for who you were. He sees you for who you are in him. And lastly, maybe you started to believe that you needed to do more and love more in order to be forgiven. But remember, Jesus says, just receive it. Receive my forgiveness. Receive what I'm trying to give to you. That will produce love for me. So the end of the story, Jesus says to this woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The question is, after all this, what is faith? Faith simply means divine persuasion. You read it again. Your divine persuasion has saved you. Go in peace. It always refers to a gift given by God and never produced by people. It's something you receive. Matthew 16, 15 through 17 says this, Jesus says to Peter, who do you say I am, Peter? Peter says, you are the Christ. He goes, let's go. Blessed are you. He says, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who's in heaven. Did Peter try more to come to that belief? No, he said it was revealed to him. John 6, Jesus says this, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. Second, or Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you've been saved through divine persuasion, through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. What is faith? It's divine persuasion. And so now that you know that faith isn't something you do, it's not something, or it's not something you achieve or produce, it's something you receive, here's what you need to do. If you are not a follower of Jesus, can I just tell you right now, you are being persuaded. I believe today is your day to put your faith in Jesus. He's already persuading you. I will lead you through that in a moment. 
But if you are a follower of Jesus, here's what you need to do. Maybe there is a area of your life that you need some breakthrough. Maybe you are struggling with that same sin that you keep struggling with over and over and over. Maybe you love God, but whatever is in the world is just bigger than that. And you're just like, God, help me reorient my love. Help me love you more than this thing that's drawing me away from you. Maybe you just I feel like I can't trust him with my finances. Whatever the case, here's what you need to do if you're a follower of Jesus. Ask him to persuade you again. Just like the woman, she goes straight to Jesus. That's what we need to do. Go straight to Jesus and ask him, can you persuade me again? Can you give me that divine persuasion again to to just love you more, to trust you more, to just help me persuade me on the inside? So here's the end of the story. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so what do we know? Why did she do all these amazing, worshipful things? Because she was persuaded. No one told her she had to do that. She was persuaded. Why do you give? I, I don't know. I'm just, I was persuaded. Why do you serve? I, I don't know. I, I was persuaded. Why do you trust God when so much bad has gone on in your life? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just persuaded. I'm just persuaded he's good and He is who he is and he's going to provide. And so she did all these things, guys, because she was divinely persuaded. And can I add, and so are you. Because it says in Romans 10, 17, so faith, divine persuasion, comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Little did you know, you've been divinely persuaded through this whole message. So for those of you who have not put your faith in Jesus, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then for those of you who have put your faith in Jesus, I want to lead you in a prayer as well. So if you want to follow Jesus, say, would you just pray with me? Jesus, I give you my life. Literally, this is just the start of a conversation that will echo into eternity. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I want to receive. I, I don't have to, you don't have to do more. You don't have to try more. Just receive what he wants to give to you. You say, Jesus, if you believe that in your heart, you confess that he's Lord, you're receiving that, then welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. And we'll have a host come up after this who will lead you in your next steps. But last but not least, let's pray for those who are a follower of Jesus. Lord, I just thank you so much for who you are and how good you are. Lord, I pray for those that are listening to the sound of my voice. They know exactly what that struggle is that they have, that sin that is haunting them, that um, just just feeling feel like they just can't trust you. Lord, I am asking in this moment, would you persuade us again? Lord, would you take that burden off saying, would you just say, come to me and I, who are heavy laden, your burden. You say, I'll give you rest, Lord. Just help us go straight to you like the woman and just receive your goodness. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.